Hey, this is Kiran Nagar from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Thane Marcus Singler with us. Thane is former golfer turned speaker, writer, and development coach. The focus of Thane work is to help other live a better life and work better, and it centers on the level of human development, both personally and professionally. He also hosts up and comer show. So, first off, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Kiran, for having me. It's fun to be here with you in this moment. Let's begin with the journey. So you started playing golf when and when did it lead to coach? Yeah, I started golf when I was very little. So probably two or three years old. Mm-hmm. My dad got a club in my hands and I don't know if it was love at first sight, but I definitely enjoyed it. And it became something that I spent a lot of time doing, partly because I loved being with my dad and it was a meaningful time being spent with him. But then as I grew up and got a little older as a kid, I I loved competing and I just wanted to win. And golf allowed a place where I could compete and try to beat other people and and win. And and so I ended up gravitating towards golf partly because I didn't have to rely on other teammates. Mm -hmm. I could just rely on myself for the success. And being naturally pretty good at it, I did have quite a bit of success as a junior. And so I think I played basketball and other sports, but I ended up slowly but surely leaning towards golf, partly because as a kid, I thought having all the control was what mattered or what was most beneficial. But the older you get, the more you realize you have to take ownership for not only the successes, but more often the failures, right? And those are challenging things to consistently swallow. It's been a great sport my whole life. I ended up competing collegiately on the West Coast in California, and then I turned professional and competed for about four years professionally played on different developmental tours in the U.S. I played overseas on the One Asia tour for a little bit. So played some events in South Korea and Fiji and Australia and got to see different parts of the world, which is really special. And near the end of my career professionally with golf, I had a muscle strain in my back that repeated about five times over a year and a half. So it was a lot of on and off again, and it led to a pretty frustrating season of not knowing if my body would be able to hold up and if I'd be able to continue playing professionally. And during that time, I really had a lot of different interests pop up and things that I would love to pursue or learn about. And since I had some extra space with recovering and rehabbing my back, I ended up diving into a few of those things and realized that maybe I'd be more effective outside the world of golf than within it. That was a realization that hit me. And so that's really what led to me transitioning. I felt that my calling and my design and how I'm wired could be better serving people outside the world of golf than within it. And so at the end of 2017, I transitioned out and it's been on the entrepreneurial journey ever since. So what are the similarities that you find in golfing and in business? Is that an out of the syllabus question or do you have the answer for that? I love that. That's a great question. And there are so many similarities. It's astounding. I think one of my favorite lines that connects golf to life is a quote, and I'm forgetting the attribution now, but I believe it was Ben Hogan who said, the most important shot in golf is the next one. And it's really a powerful maxim because so often in life we get caught up in where we want to be 10 years down the road and that ideal picture of who we want to be and what we want to accomplish. And we lose sight of what that important next step is. Or even on the other side of it, we get caught up in maybe mistakes we made in the past or 
habits or things that we've gotten caught up in in the past that weren't helpful or didn't serve us. And we keep beating ourselves up about it. And we remain stuck in that because we're focused on what just happened. And similar in golf, right? When you hit a bad shot, it's so easy to let that bad shot carry forward into the next shot and have that create more bad shots. And similarly in life, really, it matters way less about the wins or losses that you've had last week or last year, or even the perfect ideal future that you want in 10 years. It really matters about what's that best next step for you and how can you take that and put all of your energy and focus on where you are right now. So that's one of the ones that I always love pointing to. But really, it's a game that helps you understand yourself. It exposes you. You're on an island and you can't blame anyone else for the results. You can't blame a coach or a referee or a teammate. You have to take full ownership for every single shot that you take. Everyone has to play in the conditions. Everyone has to play on the same course. And so it's all up to you. And every shot provides feedback on how you're doing. And usually there's an input, which happens in your mind, and the output is a shot. And so you get direct feedback on what those thoughts produce every single time. Of course. And what a wonderful analogy. Then I am going to ask you about being a goal. Okay. So how to build a goal which is attainable? And then how to pursue that goal to achieve it? Yeah, that's a really practical question, Kieran. I think that's a strong one. When it comes to goals, I think the most important question for all of us to sit with and one that we usually don't hear is, what do you want? It's an interesting question, right? How often have you ever been heard, hey, what do you want? And that gets to the core of desire. And a lot of times when I'm working with people, that's the question I start with. Because if I don't get clear on what someone else wants, then there's no way that we can use the time to help get there. And it's a simple but profound question because that desire piece is what helps us attach energy and motivation and movement to those goals. Because if those small goals aren't leading up to a direction that you want to go and that's truly calling to you, then it's not really going to last. It's going to fizzle. It's not going to be sustainable. It's not going to be worth it. And so a lot of times we just start with, what do you want? And then once we understand that big picture desire or goal or vision or even a thing that is driving us, then we can start understanding, okay, what are those natural next steps that we can take? And how do we chunk it up into attainable goals so that it's not like we're trying to take a giant leap, but how do we take the next right step, right? The answer is almost similar to the last one, the golf analogy, because you can only focus on the next shot and not the giant picture. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I just want to double click on that because I think it's a really good point, right? If you go into a golf round and you say, oh, I want to shoot 68. If you just focus on shooting 68, you're not going to pay enough attention to those shots along the way. And you're going to put more pressure on yourself, especially if you start playing good. Oh, I got to hang on and make this. And maybe I'm two under through nine holes and I'm, the 68 is in my purview. Now I can see it. It's, I can taste it, right? Then we start hanging on. We start playing more defensive. We start playing not to lose versus playing our own game that we're good at. And that ends up killing us. We end up making mistakes because we're holding on and operating out of fear and not out of the confidence that we have in our skills that we've developed and we know we can do. So I, I just wanted to emphasize, I think that's a really good point that it's the same principle applies. And we often can see it better in golf than in life because it's a game. It's a picture that helps us snatch snatch a piece of reality that we can latch on to. Of course we can. And tell us about personal growth and then we are going to speak about professional growth. Okay. So what are your some tips to grow personally? Do you exercise? You have a jawline. So tell me about it. 
I don't know if I've been told I have a great jawline before, so I like that. I'm going to put that on my, I'm going to take that compliment home with me. Yeah. So personal habits, there's some staples for me. Obviously, training as a professional athlete, I was trying to optimize every part of my body and every part of my performance. And so that kind of got instilled in me. So for me, the really the pillars are exercise, good sleep, and then just conscious living. So making intentional choices on what I'm eating, what I'm drinking, and trying to be consistent with morning and evening routines. Those are some big ones for me. If I can start my day off in a certain way, it sets me up for success. A lot of times that means waking up around 5 or 5.30, having some space for my contemplative pra- practice, and which includes either a mix of meditation or journaling or even some light movement and some coffee, which is always nice. And then being able to have good rhythms throughout the day. Listening to my body is really important to where if it's saying it needs a break, just giving myself 15 minutes to go outside and get some sun or sit down or maybe stretch a little bit or walk and talk to a friend. I'm trying to be a little more conscious of those things. So that's more on the personal side. And I think the other thing is we actually use this a lot in the coaching work we do. It's called the peace index. And it's a way just to really get a grasp on how are you doing really? So often we sit with that question like, hey, how are you? And we answer fine, good. How are you? And it doesn't mean anything to us. It doesn't mean anything to the other person. And we don't really know. Right. And so by sitting with this thing called the peace index, we can better understand how we're really doing. And it just breaks up. We talk about peace as wholeness or health or well-being and overall holistic well-being. And so by asking, like, how much peace do I have, we can get to that place a little bit better by breaking up into five meaningful categories. And categories are purpose. So again, that's the mission, calling, vision, people, which are those key relationships.